Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing? How, what a silly question in this very difficult time for us. But I do pray you're doing well. I do pray that you're keeping healthy and safe and that you are trusting God for what He has allowed. Um, I want to urge you all to continue to pray for Dan Burke, um, who was the editor of the National Catholic Register, the founder of Avila Institute and spiritualdirection.com on the internet. Um, Dan has been in ICU. His, he and his wife contracted the coronavirus, and uh, he's been in ICU on a respita- respirator fighting um, a respirator. Am I saying that right? Um, fighting for his life. And... Um, uh, he still cannot breathe on his own, but I think the latest reports is that he's at least stable. Excuse me. Oh, so sorry. Um, and fighting for his life, so we want to continue to pray for him and um, for the souls of the many who have died and, and the many who have contracted the virus. Um if we're healthy, we're, we thank God that we could be in this warfare and pray for those who are not. Oh dear, I think I got a little cold. I don't know where it came from. I'm so sorry to sneeze at you. Um, but we need to be thankful, beloved. We need to be thankful. Um, I had someone... Um, contact me yesterday who said she was very angry at God. She thought it this was an attack from the invisible enemy. And I said to her, I think it's from the invisible God, not the enemy. God chastens whom he loves. And we have earned this. We have earned uh, what's coming on us by turning our backs on God, by not living the faith. Uh, earned it in so, so many ways. And uh, she said, but I've never, and I said to her, abortion alone would bring this on her. And I think a million and a half since Roe v. Wade, I'm not sure. But, um, and she said, well, I've never killed a baby. And my goodness, uh, that may be the case. I don't know. What I didn't ask her is that, number one, uh, God looks, we're responsible as a people. We are responsible. We are a brother's keeper. And God looks at us individually, but also as a people. And many people who say they have not uh, performed or committed an abortion yet have put politicians in office by their vote or by their absent vote for the right party, whichever it is, uh, commission or omission, um, who support abortion. And if you have voted, if we vote for any candidate who supports abortion, Um, we are part of their deeds. We have given them the power by putting them in office to do what they will. And if they 
enact laws of abortion or even keep them going, we are part of that murder if we put them in office. It's very, very serious. So, uh, so many of us have become so blind, us being Catholics, we've become so part of the world that we don't, we can't even see clearly anymore. It's, it's amazing. Hold on a moment. It's just my eyes are tearing from the cold, and I'm going to actually need to blow my nose. So sorry. Be right back. Okay, beloved, we're back. Thank you so much. Um, You know, the other day, um, let's see, today is Friday. I think it was on Wednesday. I'm not sure. I began an article by Meg Hunter Kilmer um, titled Saints Who Have Had to Live Without the Eucharist. And um, uh, this uh, subtitle, These Stories Will Put Our Momentary Fast from the body and blood of Christ into perspective. Um, I sent out a video a few days ago, a message by Bishop Athanasius Snyder. If you didn't get it, go on to our website and we'll email it to you, www.motherofisraelshope.org. But everyone on our email list, not our regular mailing list alone, but also email list, would have received that. And... Um, Bishop Snyder did not say so in that message. Um, he called this somewhat of an ap- apocalyptic time. Um, but if you can listen to his his story, his journey, or get his uh, brand new, fairly brand new book, um, uh, Christus Vici, uh, um, Christ uh, is the triumpher, the victor, uh, he has, in addition to questions concerning our day, um, Diane Montagna uh, was the editor of that book and interviewed Bishop Snyder, and it became a, a truly wonderful book. But in the beginning, Bishop Snyder writes his entire story, his journey uh, from a communist country. Um, uh, for many years, they couldn't have a priest, they couldn't have the Eucharist, all of that. And uh, but his his parents did what parents should do, taught them at home. And every Sunday, when there was no mass, there was no priest, there was no church to go to. The mother of the family called them together, and I guess the father too. I'm I'm not sure he's emphasized his mother a lot. And the father, the whole family was there, and they read from the scriptures. They read what the mass readings would be. They prayed together. They sought God together, and they spent the day in worship and as a family. And that's what you should do, beloved. That's what you should do. And many, now the schools are closed. Um, uh, All the schools are going to be closed in New York soon. Um, And uh, for this virus, they are the epicenter in the United States. And many other schools are closed in many states, and more are closing. So children are home, and parents don't know what to do with them. Well, beloved, I've promised you that um, our next newsletter would be uh, focused on homeschooling, because my heart is to beg you, 
beg you, B-E-G, beg you. Um, Apostle Paul says in the Romans chapter 12, first verse, he said, I, he said, I beg you. He, the word is urge, and in the Greek in which it was written, the word is beg. Urge, a little stronger, beg you. He says, by the mercies of God, to present yourselves a living and holy sacrifice, which is your reasonable spirit of worship. And the next verse says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And... What's happening is every child in public school is being transformed by the renewing of their mind by the enemy, by those who hate God, by those who want to wipe out our natural existence as man man and woman, um, who not only propose uh, transgenderism and uh, every debauchery, but but make the children write letters and and practice it physically. It's there are schools in which that's happening around the world, beloved. Um, there are schools in which Islam is taught, and where the children must say uh, the Muslim um, degree of decree of faith, but they cannot mention Christ. These are in American public schools. It is an amazing. It is is as if a blanket has been thrown over us, an evil blanket, and we are all blinded and dumb, and we don't know it, and we don't know it. Um, so I've been begging you, mothers, fathers, for quite a time now, um, to do what the title of the book is, written by two very wonderful, faithful women, the daughters of Charles Rice, and uh, the title is Get Your Kids Out Now or Get Your Children Out Now. I don't have it in front of me. I don't res- remember it exactly. But they, and this book was written two years ago, two plus years ago. So it's two plus years overdue and late. And our children are being destroyed and corrupted. Um, the family is being destroyed and corrupted. And you know, uh, the the woman who contacted me yesterday and and said she cannot believe God would do such a thing as send this plague. What kind of God is he? And of course, my answer is that he's the God who loved you and gave himself for you on the cross, the same God. Well, maybe he simply allows it. Well, maybe he simply allows it. That's true. But I tell you, if you read the Old Testament, there are a lot of plagues there. When God brought Uh, The people begged for food in the desert. They didn't remember how God supplied them in the wilderness for 40 years. And um, they were, uh, and how God had them escape from Egypt. And they'd never let, their sandals didn't wear out. They never lacked a single thing. They started complaining against him and cursing him, cursing Moses who brought them out of the wilderness. And God sent the plague of snakes and everything to bite them. He sent snails first that they could eat that was meat for them and while the the meat was in their teeth he sent a plague God sent the plague and it killed most of the Israelites Um, and he has sent other plagues and if I knew for sure which I do not that God sent this coronavirus through the hands of men he does everything through the hands of men I guess or creation uh, I wouldn't be surprised because we have earned it We have deserved this evil beloved. There's the music for our first break, and we'll be right back 
and I'll read you a little bit of that article I wanted to start with. We'll be right back. Hello, beloved. It's so good to have you join me on Mother Miriam Live. We are in uncertain times for sure, but we also know that our dear Lord assures us that he is with us always. Even in this dark night, we must press on, and God willing, the coronavirus will help us lead people back to life, family, and faith. I would urge you to support the good work at LifeSite News that is bringing people back to these most basic fundamentals of humanity. Right now, LifeSite News is in the midst of their spring fundraising campaign with the help of a generous family. LifeSite is doubling every monthly gift of this year up to $120,000. So I would urge you, beloved, if you can, to become a monthly supporter to help sustain their pro-life and pro-family journalism. To donate, click the link in the comments of this video or visit lifesitenews.com forward slash 2020. Thank you and God bless you for your generosity. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We have been talking about... Um, the coronavirus and uh, my uh, conversation with someone yesterday that could not believe that a loving God could could do or send such a thing. And when I responded that he indeed could and, and may well have, because we've earned it, we've earned this devastation, um, she uh, would take no responsibility for her own sin or her own part in it. All she said was simply that she hasn't killed a child. Well, there's much more involved than, than abortion. And again, I pointed out, if you have voted for a politician who supports abortion, you've killed many children because you've given that politician the power to do so. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm forgetting exactly where we were when we, um, when we came upon the break. I'm sorry. But... Um, um, uh, at least I know that we were talking about some of the plagues in the Old Testament. God has sent many plagues, and and some people say, well, that was the God of the Old Testament, not the God of the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament is a God of anger. The God of the New Testament is a God of love. But 
It's not true. There's only one God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's the God of the Old Testament who so loved the world that he sent his only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. There's no other God. It is the God of the New Testament that said homosexuals, uh, gossipers, murderers, uh, slanderers, and a whole list uh, will not enter the kingdom of heaven. They will not. And you say, but... I thought he was a God of mercy. Of course he's a God of mercy, which is why he sent his son. Someone once said, it, and there are many definitions of grace and mercy, but that grace, the very life of God in our souls, grace is God giving us what we don't deserve. We deserve death for our sins. The wages of sin is death. Every one of us, there's no one without sin, except the Blessed Virgin. No one's without sin. And so, um, uh, and of course, our Lord is God. He's without sin. Um, But the wages of sin is death. So every one of us have earned death. And God gives us life because of his death on the cross in payment for our sins that he didn't deserve, but we did. And he took our payment. He took our death. He died in our stead, in our place, for us. And so God gives us Grace, which we don't deserve, that is grace. God giving us what we don't deserve. And on the other hand, his mercy is in him not giving us what we do deserve. We deserve death, and in his mercy, he withholds death from us. So, and uh, Jeremiah wrote in Lamentations that the um, steadfastness of the Lord um, is is great, um, uh, his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies are new every morning. God withholds so much from us that we deserve and, um, and that would be put upon us by other sins as well and gives us more than we could ever, ever deserve. He's a God of mercy and grace. And in the New Testament, he, he doesn't say, I love you so much. It doesn't matter if you live a life of debauchery. doesn't matter if you're in adultery. doesn't matter if you're living with a husband or wife who's not your legitimate uh, spouse. He doesn't say that. He says it matters, and you will not be in heaven. Well, where's his mercy, you say? His mercy is that he died on the cross for you, and he waits for you to repent, and he'll give you the grace to repent, but you must repent. And if you go to confession and you continue and you intend to continue in the same lifestyle, you're not forgiven. You're not forgiven, beloved. You need to turn, turn the scriptures safe from our wicked ways. Turn from our wicked ways. And if you look at Acts chapter 5, the married couple, Ananias and Sapphira, they lied. They lied about the price of their house. It's a little, what a, what's a big deal of that? They didn't want to give the church 10%, let's just say. They didn't want to give the church the amount perhaps God would have had them give the church. So they lied about the price of the sale so that they would give less. And um, Peter said to them, you have not lied uh, to man. You have lied to the Holy Spirit. You've lied to God. And They were struck dead on the spot. In the New Testament, in the New Covenant, beloved, God takes sin seriously. Absolutely, seriously. And so, um, there's not a single soul who is without guilt 
for the sin coming upon us, some more than others, and some are victims of others, but not still with, not without their own sin. Um, we need to be praying. We need to be praying for the conversion of the whole world, beloved, and especially those who call themselves Catholic, and most especially for our shepherds. And um, I can't say the number of them that have turned from God, that have lost their faith, that um, I, I can't I can't say that. We know there are many because reported all over the news for a long, long time now. We can't say, but we know that we need to pray for them. We need to pray for our shepherds to get their faith back, to get their courage back, to shepherd again, because the sheep, for the most part, are without a shepherd. It's a very, very difficult time. And when God sends sends directly or allows disaster on us, uh, it's a time for us to retreat and to repent and and to turn from our wicked ways and pray for those who need to do the same. Because if we're closer to God individually, we have more of his grace. Those who are far from him uh, are, are practically dead and they don't know the spirit of God. They cannot sense his grace. And so to the extent that we can. So we need to pray, beloved, and we need to remain a people of God. God, in the, in the Old Testament again, dwindled his people down from millions to a few thousand. Um, and the rest were wiped out. The rest were wiped out. Was it their fault? It wasn't their fault. Whose fault was it? It wasn't God's fault. It was their fault because they turned from God and they complained. They said, well, if I had to be in the desert for 40 years, I'd complain also. Well, you'd probably be left behind and not enter the, new, the, the promised land. Well, why? I didn't do anything wrong. Yes, you did. You should be on your knees and worship God. He can blot us out at any moment. He fed you for 40 years. Your sandals didn't wear out. Miracle after miracle after miracle. And just because your stomach wasn't pleased enough or your entertainment or your sense of what, how you wanted to live wasn't pleased, God is not our servant. He became our servant. He became that. He took on flesh and died for us. He did. He became one of us to the point of being a slave. So what else can we say, beloved? If you complain during this time, you are on dangerous ground. If you complain, you're on dangerous ground. Well, what about the masses being closed? What about all that? Um, what about, um, um, you know, I can't go to mass, I can't go to church, I can't go to adoration. Can you complain? You can. Is that just? I don't think so. Is it right that the masses should have been stopped? Well, there are good men, Cardinal Burke, Bishop Snyder, and others who say that's not right. But will I complain against God? Absolutely not, beloved. Absolutely not. Are there times I didn't go to Mass when I could have? I'm going to tell you there are. Um, are there times when my heart was far from Him? Even when I went to Mass, I'm going to tell you there were. Um I deserve more than what's come upon me, beloved. And the fact is, um, 
I feel like Daniel in the Old Testament. He was a righteous man. I'm not comparing myself. I'm not a righteous woman. But Daniel was. He didn't have the indwelling spirit of God as we do. And yet he begged God to forgive the people. He didn't pray for his own sins, although he knows he's part of the people. But he begged God to free them. And he acted on behalf of the people. And God saved him and the people. You see, we have to see ourselves as a people of God. And so we have to see ourselves in our families as if we begin to live the faith through this time in our homes as we never did before. And parents, you begin to homeschool your children, which perhaps God would have had many do a long time before now. Well, then I have to quit my job. Well, maybe it's time that you quit your job. Well, I didn't quit my job, but I can't go to work because they laid us off. My company closed, whatever it was. It's a tragedy, I know. But God will keep you with a shelter, with a roof over your head, and food. Even if you have to sell your furniture for money. He has, David said, he's never seen the righteous begging bread. And now you're home, and you can begin to pray as a family, and worship as a family, and live as a family, and homeschool your children. This next newsletter of ours, it's going to come out next month, and probably toward the end of next month yet, um... I have the material gathered for it, but I haven't put it together yet, but I will, and it's all on homeschooling and how we should live in the home. And this coronavirus, as bad as it is, as many people as it has killed, I don't say it's a good thing, beloved, but I do say that God has promised to work all things together for good, not for everyone, but for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And this is a time when we can begin to appreciate the Lord who gave himself for us more than we ever have before. Not only died on the cross, not only became man, but became our food. We can acknowledge the fact that hundreds of thousands of babies, their lives will be saved because the abortion mills are closing down. And hundreds, it is estimated in England alone during this epidemic only of the coronavirus, maybe for two weeks, 44,000 babies will be saved in their mother's womb. And we can probably uh, extend that to hundreds of thousands because of other abortion mills that are closing down. Blessed be God forever. This is a very good, this is a very good result, beloved. Um, and, and again, the responsibility of the family living at home when there's nothing else to do. And mothers say, well, I don't know how to teach my children. Well, ne- they say necessity is the mother of invention. So we're going to have an entire newsletter that's going to tell you the importance of homeschooling, the rightness of it, the preference of it, the fact that it is God's way and His design. And we're going to give you a whole bunch of resources that you can contact right away who will send you entire kits for homeschooling, how to do it, how to begin, even if you didn't even graduate high school. It does not matter. God will put you on the path to loving Him if you draw near to Him and you trust Him during this time, beloved. There's the music for our break, and we will uh, come back, and we'll have a half hour. We'll take your calls, your texts, your emails. Toll free, call in one 877 511 
or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We'll be right back, beloved. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture, or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustained life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations thank you for helping to save the culture. Hello, beloved. It's so good to have you join me on Mother Miriam Live. We are in uncertain times for sure, but we also know that our dear Lord assures us that He is with us always. Even in this dark night, we must press on, and God willing, the coronavirus will help us lead people back to life, family, and faith. I would urge you to support the good work at LifeSite News that is bringing people back to these most basic fundamentals of humanity. Right now, LifeSite News is in the midst of their spring fundraising campaign with the help of a generous family. LifeSite is doubling every monthly gift of this year up to $120,000. So I would urge you, beloved, if you can, to become a monthly supporter to help sustain their pro-life and pro-family journalism. To donate, click the link in the comments of this video or visit lifesitenews.com forward slash 2020. Thank you and God bless you for your generosity. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back. Beloved family, welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. We have a whole half hour ahead of us, and um, I'm delighted to take your calls just to say hello to you and see how you're doing, and your emails and your text. one 877 or email at mother at We have an email from Rich, and Rich says... Um, oh, no, I, I'm so sorry. Kurt's been waiting on the phone. Hello, Kurt from Boston. How are you? How are you, Mother Mary? Oh, I'm fine. Two days in a row. What a what a pleasure it is. How are you doing? Oh, <laughs> got get, I got the divine mercy on my front door. I'm telling everyone to do the same. Okay, um, very good. I would like to say on that woman about, well, I never killed a baby and abortion and, and, and the whole whatnot. Um, and I know you can't vote for a candidate who's for abortion, but when all the candidates are for abortion, I mean, I used to go crazy with this because I wouldn't vote, but then a priest told me, 
you vote for the less of two evils because that priest is vote, right. That priest is right. If you don't vote, right? If you don't vote, yeah. then the person who's really for a badly yeah. for abortion will get in. That's I right. Mean, Charlie Baker in my own state. I had the, I had a choice between him and I think. The Democrat socialist who was... Okay, now hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Kurt. You know we're not going to get into all that. We're not going to name names. That's all right. That's okay. But you're just... uh, Nobody can put your fire out. This is a good thing. But no... I know. I'm sorry. no, don't no, worry, Kurt. I, it's I, a hut. You're a hundred. The priest wanted... is right. The priest is right. And you are right. right. If we, if, you know, we, we commit sins of, um, commission, things that we do positively and yes, omission, right. what we should have done and didn't. We should always right. vote. And again, um, I don't know Can when I, yeah, but let me just say this one sentence. I don't know. Oh, go ahead. Sure. Yeah. I don't know when I have last voted for a candidate. I have voted, especially right. presidential, I have voted for the lesser of two evils. That's the way I've been voting for years. Yeah. Uh, 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 that's the way. So always do that. If both candidates are uh, pro-abortion, right. uh, maybe one more, always vote. Well, you could say, but the other one is is economically he's so much better it doesn't matter if you kill people the economics won't matter to them so um that's right so right so no you always vote for the right candidate or again the lesser of the two evils and it always has to do i need to make this as clear as i can it's not my opinion it is the teaching of god through his church the issue is yeah. always life, not climate change, not just war, yeah. not economics, right. not gun control, none of that. The issue, number one I, issue, is pro-life. Go ahead, Kurt. Yeah. Okay, and I, and I think this is my own analogy. I believe our Lord said it best. The one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. Meaning, yeah. you know. That's I right. Was, you know, you might not know how to do things, but the one who handed That's me right. over, who knew who I was, has yeah. the greatest sin. So I think yeah. we can apply. Well, it's not that just Pilate; it's life. Judas. Right? Uh huh. You're you're right. You're right. right. Okay. okay, Kurt. You're uh, right. Mm-hmm. Because the others may right. have been right. in ignorance. Right. Right. You're right. So I I think we're supposed to instruct the ignorant. If we have the if we have the grace to know our faith. Yeah then we should meet the person where they are, no matter where they are in sin, because we're all the good thief if we have the faith. And we should be pronouncing that and rebuking the other thief who refuses that grace to understand what the faith is. Is that right? Well, uh, rebuking is is a matter of judgment because... um, let me just say, well, you know, I, the, the prayer at the Mass yeah. says our ability to thank you is in itself your gift. So if we have the, right. if we've received the grace of God, two of us could be uh, given, so to speak, the same grace of God, but one receives it, one doesn't. Yeah. Should I be proud that I received it and blame the one who does it? No, I can't blame me that I received no, no, it. No. That's a gift, too. Well, I don't, I don't mean it in that light. Like, I, like I'll give you, for instance... When I'm in work, okay, I'll hear this. You know, go talk to the invisible man you talk to. Go eat some crackers and drink some wine. I says, no, I don't do that. I eat his flesh and drink his blood because that's who he really is. But, you know, we all have the faith. I says, 
you know, you're mad at the Catholic Church, you were baptized in the church. If you're so mad, then either follow God or don't. But show him what you really mean, instead of hiding behind all these human frailties, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's okay if you know who you're talking to, but that wouldn't apply to everybody. So we need no, to treat, yeah, okay, there. we treat others as God treats us, which is very individually and uh, compassionate, yes, but because, compassionate needs to be strong and right. firm also. Kurt, you're a blessing. The reason, right, the reason I say that, Mother, is this. You get people in my line of work, that are talking all types of trash to me. I okay? know it, Kurt. Um, I know it. God is. I'm going to stop you, sweetheart, because it, you know? I need to take some emails here. But Go um, you're God you're wonderful. You. God bless you, Kurt. And God has sent you there uh, as a missionary. And so may His oh, grace. I know He has. Yeah. All right. All right. God bless I'm you, my brother. Yeah, I bet you do. I bet you do. Okay, dear one. God bless you. Stay safe. We have an email from Rich who says, When I was growing up, we always recited the Nicene Creed at Mass. But now it seems that the Apostles' Creed is getting more use. With the Nicene Creed being the older of the two, and with the Catholic Church making a number of changes in the liturgy in an attempt to get back to our ancient sources... I was wondering if this shift had anything to do with the controversy surrounding the Western Church's inclusion of the filioque um, in the Nicene Creed, which I understand was one of the factors leading to the Great Schism of 1054. Well, it was one of the great factors of the schism, the filioque, uh, filioque clause, whether the Holy Spirit proceeded from the Father or from the Father and the Son, yes. But I don't believe, Rich that that's what's going on now with the Nicene Creed um, and the uh, the Apostles' Creed. I, I wish we would get back to the Nicene Creed. We have it in the Latin Mass. We always pray the Nicene Creed. And so um, I, I think it's just a matter of the loss of faith and wanting to get through things quickly and not giving God the honor is due. The, the Apostles' Creed is perfectly fine but um, and legitimate, and there are times when uh, it might be called for its use, but in general, I think it's just um, uh, wanting to get through th- th- through things faster. Um, uh, fast food, I call it. It. it I-, I wish it wouldn't be the case, um, but it is. So um, that's it. If you go to a Latin church, you will not have the Apostles' Creed. Um, we have a text from uh, someone who writes it anonymously and says, I have a nephew in the military who is being deployed to the Middle East. The chaplain of his unit is a non-denominational minister. There may not be a Catholic priest nearby to say Mass. Should he attend the chaplain's Sunday service? Should he try to watch a Mass on the Internet, assuming it is available? What else could he do? I do not suggest he attends the chaplain's service. Protestantism today is not seen as heresy. It's not seen as rebelling, protesting the Catholic Church as it did in the 16th century. But nonetheless, it's the fruit of that. 
the fruit of uh, Martin Luther and others who threw out the sacraments, threw out the mass, threw out the authority of the Pope, threw out the authority of the church to, to interpret the scriptures that it gave the, church, the world, all of that. I do not suggest that any Catholic go to a Protestant church even if there's no other church around. You can go to an Eastern church if there's no Catholic church because their sacraments are valid, but not um, but not a Protestant church. Should he try to watch a mass on the internet? Of course, it doesn't give him the grace of going, of being at the mass, but um, absolutely, um, he should try to watch a mass and enter into their prayers and pray along, pray along with them and pray a spiritual communion, whether or not he can see it on the internet. What else could he do? Draw very near to God. Hopefully he has a Bible, a Catholic Bible, and uh, some other good books. And so I would Send him books if you can. If he doesn't have them, uh, send him the, the Bible and the Catechism. He could read those two, and he could be fine. Uh, and just read them over and over and over again and absorb them and, and pray, uh, and he'll be fine. He should be fine if grace is operative in his heart. Um, uh, we have a call from Canada from my friend Nellie. Hi, Nellie. Hello, Mother. Hi, sweetheart. Time I haven't to you. How are you? Yes, I know. I know. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well, Mother. Uh, it. Uh, I asked a uh, a question, Mother. Uh, this is really. I think we need stronger persecution in the West to wake up. Really, this is a joke. It's sad. It's a joke, not funny, haha, but immensely sad. This thing called Corona that is sending the world in a turmoil, not surprising. When we have, when we don't have God, this is what it creates fear. Uh, I speak for myself because nothing, even if there are rays coming from the heavens, as you said, you know, do not fear 365 times, but we see how the world is being crippled, starting from the Vatican down. Okay, and, and did you have a question, and, dear Nelly? Did you call yes, with a question, question sweetheart? I know yeah, where your heart question, is. I remember you well. Yes, my heart, my question is: Why aren't true, strong Catholics being separated from the goat by standing up and forming alliance at whatever the cost is? Why are we so weak? Do we not believe? Is it in that the problem? We really well, don't. Well, you know, Nelly. You know, sweetheart. Um, uh, it's not to be criticized it because you know i've 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 said this before but it's not our actions that show our faith it's our reactions um because we're in control of our actions but our reactions we're not in control of and they show us where we are spiritually and so the reaction of some can be anger until they figure it out. It could be shock. It could be fear. It could be timidity. It could be to hide, to isolate. So, and then we begin to think it through. And so, um, uh, I wouldn't, uh, I personally, dear Nellie, would not advocate the sheep being separated from the goats. That is going to happen in the judgment. There's no question. But God has put the sheep among the goats to convert them. And we don't want to be separated because the sheep, many of them are standing up and many good apostolates 
are trying to gather the sheep together and and mm-hmm. form uh, international rosaries and prayer groups and all kinds of things. That is happening. Mm-hmm. It's a very good thing. But don't ever pray for the sheep to be separated from the goats because it'll be the end of the world and the goats will not have a chance of salvation. I, I don't want ever pray for that. No, it's not to, to... Yes, we have to pray for it, Mother. But when it is sad... When in Canada, I don't know about you guys, in the States, we have LCBO and drugs. I know. I mean, not the drug pharmacy open, like uh, illegal drug, uh, hashish open, but we shut churches down. Yes, Mother. I know. And Planned Parenthood it's is open while drugs. churches are being shut down. It's okay to continue murder, but not to continue worship. Nellie, I hear you. I'm with you all the way. And it's evil. Even some of the choices are being made in this day is evil. But... Um, uh, again, it's I believe it's God's chastisement, and we need to receive that and worship Him and get our lives together and straightened out and help as many people as we can. Nellie, I, I understand you. God bless you, dear one. Live the faith and ask God to give you uh, the, the prayer of the Sacred Heart. Lord, make my heart like unto thine. That's the prayer we need to pray. We'll be right back, beloved, after the break. God bless you. Don't go away and call in with anything on your heart. The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome 
to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together for today. Um, And until Monday, because it's the weekend, I don't like leaving you over the weekend, actually. But um, I'm happy to have you with us. And uh, we have a good 10 minutes. If you have anything on your heart and you'd like to call in, the toll-free number to call or text is 1-877-511-5483. Or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. Um, we have a text from Cheryl who writes, I realize that we cannot earn our salvation simply by doing good works. I'm going to correct that sentence, Cheryl. We can't earn our salvation at all, not simply, but uh, we don't earn it at all. It's a total gift. We can forfeit our salvation, but we cannot earn it. And she says, How can we know when our works are just an attempt? to merit salvation versus being part of living out our faith. I just want to make sure my heart is in the right place. You know, Cheryl, when your works are done out of love for God, your heart's in the right place. But I want to tell you something. When you do the works simply because you want to merit salvation, you don't want to throw away what God has done, you want to receive one another way to say merit salvation is to be able to receive the gift God has given you. That's what meriting salvation is. Um, Paul says it in the second chapter chapter of Philippians um, that he might achieve um, uh, the the salvation that God has wrought. Um, I would say that the perfect thing, uh, just as when we go to confession, God loves hearts of love. He loves what we do out of love for him. But if we do it out of um, conviction that it's, our heart's not really there, but we, we know we should and we're doing it sincerely because we're told to do it, but we're not grumbling against it. We're doing what we should do. But the heart of love is not there. And if it was left up to us, we wouldn't do it. But we do it because God says so, even if it's more out of fear or concern than of love. That counts. That counts too. God gave uh, the parable of the two sons. The father told both sons to do something. The one son said, I don't, I'm not doing it. And the other son said, I'll do it. The one who said, I'm not doing it, later repented and came back and did it. I don't know if he felt like doing it or not, but he did it. The one who said, I'll do it, never did it. And our Lord says, which one did the will of the Father? And the answer, of course, is the one who did it, the one with a bad attitude, but he did it. And the one with so-called loving good attitude, he didn't, he didn't follow through, he didn't do it. So the one who did it earned the praise of God. If you have children, you could have very obedient children who want to do everything out of love and want to please you, and this is a very good thing. But you might have rebellious children. Clean your room. I don't want to. Well, then you're not going to the baseball game. Mom, not unless you clean your room. Oh, nuts. Okay. And he goes and cleans his room, and it's not perfect, but he does it, and he's grumbling. Did he do the will of the parent? He did. He did. He did. Uh, Was it with a perfect heart? It was not. But was it in obedience? It was. And I think that's 
it with us with God. Um, if we live the Ten Commandments because we we know we should, we're supposed to, we may not want to, we may not want to go on church on Sunday, but we go just because we're Catholic, we know we're supposed to. Does that earn a lot of grace? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know God's heart on that. But does it keep us in grace with God? It absolutely does. It absolutely does. Because we have done, even if a heart of, it started with a heart of rebellion, but we turned around and did what God wanted, even if not with a perfect heart. That's a good thing. So I would say to number one, Cheryl, know that it's not simply by doing good works. We don't earn heaven no matter how many good works we do. And the other thing is, uh, good works only done, uh, now I'm going to seem to contradict myself, for the love of God, for the sake of God, count. If we do good works and uh, they're not for uh, for God's honor, they don't count, by the way. Um, how could we know when our works are just an attempt to merit salvation um, versus being part of living out our faith? Well, both of them are living out our faith. But one is from love and one is from a sense of duty. I think our heart knows that. I think we could know our hearts. Don't worry about how God sees you. I think the Holy Spirit shows you how God sees you. We know when we're doing something out of a sense of uh, to gain reward um, and just simply to sacrifice and to love God. We know that. We know that. But the issue is if we're obedient and we do what God wants, that's a good thing, and and it counts. Um, if we live our whole life that way as a robot and we're just doing what God wants to earn salvation, we think, or out of fear of not having salvation, uh, will we be in heaven? God alone knows the heart. It's not a good thing. You need to, to, to love God. We need to learn to love God. And if you have a question such as you do, Cheryl, I think you're certainly on your way to loving God. I don't think you need to fear, but ask God to keep your heart, increase your love for him, increase your prayer life, um, eliminate from your life movies and books and friends and and even food, certain things that uh, are a hindrance to you. And you'll open, and you'll have, you'll make a place for God to open your heart more for Him. You know when you're doing something out of love or just out of duty. But both count. Both count. Uh, we have an email from Cynthia in Ohio, and she said, "Hi, Mother. You had a caller that criticized you about the former caller that asked if she should go to see her cousin get married outside the church." Um, and I guess uh, she criticized me for answering that caller. Um, uh, the, the caller, when I suggested to a woman she should not attend that marriage, we had another woman who said, um, uh, I shouldn't be so harsh, you know, in, in telling people not to attend the wedding of someone who was uh, really married outside the church and all of that. And then she goes on to make some judgments about that caller, which I'm not going to read because they're not appropriate. Number one, we cannot know that. Uh, only God could know the faith of a soul. And um, we cannot, the judgment here is is uh, way out of place. So I won't read that. But um, 
her her point is here. She writes, I'm glad you stood up and explained the truth to her. Um, no one else is going to. Well, the, I think there are many people who would. Um, and um, it, she talks about some of the shepherds who might give mixed marriages. So I'm not going to read through all that. But um, uh, she she makes the point that she says, I'm happy to have found you and know whatever you say is rooted and grounded in the Catholic teachings. Well, that's where my heart is and that's what we hope. But I haven't always been right myself. So... Um, Okay, let me let me uh, very quickly an email from Chris, Christy, uh, who says I went to confession and told the priest I did not go up to receive the host two times because I felt unclean and unworthy because I have not been to confession prior. The priest said never think to not go up for the bread. He means the host, the consecrated bread, unless it is a mortal sin because I receive healing by going up. Was I right or wrong? Christy. The priest is right, Christy. St. Francis de Sales writes quite a bit on this. If you're in mortal sin, of course you wouldn't go up. But simply because you feel unclean and unworthy, again, if it's not mortal sin, the Eucharist is the medicine of immortality, and you can be healed by receiving it. And then if you feel unworthy, um, you uh, can go to confession. But you should not stop yourself. Um, if you feel very strongly, you might be a little scrupulous, and no one would tell you to act against your feelings. But understand that nothing but mortal sin should keep from keep you from Christ. He longs to give himself to you and to make you whole. There's the music, our ending music, beloved. In the end of our program for this week, God bless you. Love God with all your heart, and we'll speak with you on Monday.